1: Okay, happy Thanksgiving since we didn't wish you one on the front end and back by No One's Demand But Our Own. It is the 615 Sessions Podcast. It's live from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios in sunny, actually, scenic Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee, powered by Two Rivers Ford and brought to you as always by Z Sports and AtoZSports.com. Hope you guys had a fantastic holiday weekend and that you're still enjoying some time away. Now for the Titans, they were back back on the practice field on Friday, so we were out there. We did some uh, conversating with some of the players and Mike Vrabel, and we have brought some of that conversation to you with Jim Wyatt of TennesseeTitans.com and News Channel 5 sports anchor Steve Lehman, who will both be with me up in Foxborough this weekend. So we're going to talk about the latest news and what the Titans are kind of up against, particularly without A.J. Brown in this game. We'll do that here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. It's nearing the end of 2021. It's been a ridiculous year, an absolutely absurd year. I'm sure most of you have experienced and struggled with supply chain issues due to COVID. I certainly have, trying to order stuff for the house. It's just not as easy to get things you want these days. But, my friends at Two Rivers Ford, they've got some great news. New inventory is coming in every single day. So, if you're in the market for a new Ford, make sure to check out tworiversford.com daily and see what's arrived on the lot. If you want someone at Two Rivers to contact you when the vehicle you're looking for comes in, All you have to do is let them know to shout you out and they'll make sure you get alerted. The salespeople at Two Rivers Ford, they don't work on commission, so you never have to worry about them pressuring you. They're just there to help make things easy for you, and I know how much you guys like that. If you know exactly what vehicle you want and you want to order it, Two Rivers Ford can do that too. They now have the Built For You program, which I've told you about before, where you can order any model, any color, any available features, order it today. Get it delivered right to your door when it gets manufactured. It's one of the many reasons why my friends at Two Rivers Ford have been doing business for almost 40 years, because they make the experience customer-friendly, hassle-free, honest, and easy. So for all things Ford, you got to reach out to the best and most trusted Ford dealer in the state, my friends at Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Let's get to Jimmy and Steve. All right, Jim Wyatt of TennesseeTitans.com is here. Steve Lehman of News Channel 5 will join us momentarily. Titans just about an hour removed from the practice field. Jimmy, uh, no A.J. Brown to add to all of the different players who are not going to be playing in this game. I think that if you were betting whether the Titans IR and unavailable players would win a game versus the Titans basically <laughs> practice squad. At this point, I think the uh, Titans injuries might be favored by three, but I don't know what they're going to do against new England. This, this AJ Brown thing is big for them.
0: It is. I mean, you just wonder how much the team can sustain. And we, I think we saw a little bit of that this past Sunday is just, it's starting to catch up with them a little bit. I mean, you look, you mentioned the receivers are out you know, Julio on our, Mark Johnson on, or he's done for the season. Alg Brown not available. You're, go, you're going into the game you know, with Nick Westbrook Aquina, obviously, Chester Rogers, Des Fitzpatrick, and then you have to make a move on the practice squad. You know, some options there, you know, Cody Hollister, you know, to Golden Tate, who was just called up. And you know, so you have got to get somebody else in the mix. It's and it's a huge challenge going up because it's a team that knows how to take advantage of teams that are short-handed. So uh Titans have to play well, have to be more consistent, and uh, and no A.J. makes it a
1: big challenge. Steve is here. He looks very dapper. This is deeply disappointing because I look like a scrub, <laughs> and it's my podcast. I'm, I'm going to hold you, hold that against you, Steve. But, yeah, just talking about A.J. Brown, not going to play and, uh, at this point. What the challenge is against New England, I guess, I mean, the only thing that they have going for them advan- from an advantageous standpoint is this may be the one team – in the NFL that's not scared of playing at New England and playing Bill Belichick uh, with Mike Vrabel and, and the way that they've had success up there before. But this is this is becoming an infinitely more or taller task.
2: Yeah, Buck, and they're also not scared of playing shorthanded because they've been doing that basically every week of the season. They, they firmly believe in this next man up mantra. But the problem we've had over the last few weeks is there does come a point where the next man up He's nowhere near the man who he's replacing. (laughs) And we've kind of seen that with Derrick Henry. And A.J. Brown is certainly that guy this weekend that you just add into the mix on top of all the other guys they're missing. I think it caught up with them Sunday against Houston. I mean, you can say they were sloppy. They maybe weren't focused. Tannehill had his worst day and all that. But to me, it, it comes back to, they just didn't have great bodies on the field. And at some point, when you looked across the line, The Titans weren't all that much better man for man than the Texans were in that game. And it came down to the wire and the Texans won the football game because they were a little bit better on Sunday. When you look at the game this Sunday in new England, the Patriots have the better personnel by a fairly significant margin, given who's out for the Titans. And so they're going to need a monumental effort. To me, this is going to be about a game where they have to come in with the mindset that they're going to be physical And they're going to win this game kind of with bravado. And they're going to win it in the trenches. The offensive line, I think, has to be the best they've been the entire season in this game to allow them to run the football and get into their offense. And I think Jeff Simmons and Danico Autry, as awesome as they've been throughout the course of the year, they need to be even better Sunday to try to affect Mac Jones and that running game that the Patriots build off of. That's the type of performance the Titans need to have a chance.
1: Yeah. I'm going to add to that.
2: I'm out of that buck. I mean, I, you know, even Harold
0: Landry said today after practice, that Braibles challenged the defense got to be better than the Patriots defense. So that, that's how they win. They got to, they got to keep the 13, 10, 17, 14 type of game, make some plays on defense, do what the Texans did to the Titans force turnovers, but you know, not to belabor the point about the injuries even more, but you know, Brable said today, you know, it's even affecting how much they can practice just what they can do. They don't have enough healthy bodies, uh, to get through and to do a lot of speed work. So I I do agree that I think we started to see signs last week of it catching up to them.
1: Well, and with, with the way that Mac Jones is playing right now, Jimmy, like I'm looking at this and saying, all right, they did well against the Houston Texans and, and Tyrod Taylor in that there wasn't a ton of offense, particularly in the second half. And they really held them down outside of that one big drive um in the first half of that game but because the the ball is coming out so quick in that offense the pass rush doesn't have necessarily the time to get home and that's exactly what mac jones and the patriots and josh mcdaniels are doing right now they're this dude is getting in rhythm because he's not getting hit
0: yeah and he's not making a whole bunch of mistakes i mean he's uh he, he is playing well he's been smart uh, you know, what they want to do and what the Titans can't afford to have happen is to kind of jump ahead, get an early beat, force the Titans to throw the ball. Uh, you know, Titans have got to do some things to impact Mac Jones, and that's the challenge. If he's getting rid of the ball quickly, um, you know, you're going to be limited just how much you can do just to, to slow him down and force mistakes.
2: See, and Buck, and that's why I cited the two guys I did on the defensive line and Simmons and Autry is to me this doesn't feel like a game where you're going to be able to manufacture pressure from the outside. You're going to be able to bring delayed blitzes and make something happen because they just get the ball out too quick. And it may not be getting to Mac Jones as in getting him on the ground and getting a sack. But can Jeff Simmons and Danico Autry push that pocket, get it in his face quickly, and maybe get their hands up, bat down a few balls, just get him out of rhythm? I think that's the thing that the Titans have to do consistently on Sunday. Again, it may not show up in the stat column necessarily, but can they just bother him enough
1: to get him off rhythm? That could be huge. Yeah, and, and that's going to be – I mean – I think it's going to be still a competitive football game just as this last Sunday was competitive. It may not have been, you know, pretty as a lot of these games really in the last month have not been terribly aesthetically pleasing, but I know that doesn't matter when it comes to winning football games. Like it still feels like it can be competitive because I mean, the defense is playing at a high level and has been playing on at a high level. Now, you're going to be without Chris Jackson in this game. It's we don't know what the final injury report or if there's going to be any adjustments to the injury report on Saturday, as we tape this podcast on a Friday. But right now, it looks like Jack Rabbit and Christian Fulton are going to be out there uh, with the two safeties as close to healthy as the secondary has felt in some time. Um, I just I don't I don't know how you force a Bill Belichick team into making mistakes, Jim. When that's not what they do at all, and if you do, you end up cut in, in most situations because a lot of these dudes are disposable.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, so it's a it's a tough you know scenario for the Titans. you know I go way back to, to two thousand three in this series and, and and obviously things a lot different. I, I remember the Titans going up there to face a Patriots team that year. It was so banged up. They didn't have anybody available in the secondary. I think that's the first time Troy Brown had really played. He was a receiver who ended up playing on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and I think everybody counted the Patriots out in that game. Mike Grable was among the long list of Patriots who didn't play. And the Patriots were able to rally the troops and they upset the Titans, and that led. That was one of that was the first of like twelve straight wins to finish out the regular season. The Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's the kind of things that teams have to do when you're banged up. And the Patriots did it that year. Now the Titans are going up there this year. Not a lot of people are giving them a chance. They're going to have to do some things to play well. Somehow get to the bye week at nine and four. If they do that, it's going to be one of the better wins Mike Brable's had in his coaching career. But that's a tall task. And um, I'm certainly not predicting that's going to happen here like it did back 18 years ago.
1: Oh, Jimmy, I thought I was going to trick you into a game (laughs) prediction. Damn. I thought we were going to get away with that one. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've seen them do it before. Like I I just, my biggest problem is I don't know how to analyze this team, Steve, because I don't know who's playing. I mean, I do know who's playing for this team every week, but like, I don't know what they are right now based on just how many different dudes. I mean, they're going to clear this record of 84 players who've dressed for a single NFL team in a season, in a regular season, um, by a fair amount. I would bet the over at this point, given the amount of players with Nate Davis and David Long and Rashawn Evans and A.J. Brown, Jeremy McNichols, among some of the names who are not going to participate in this game, who Mike Vrabel has already ruled out. It's just, it's tough to kind of get a grasp on who they are because we they're, they're different every week. They are,
2: and the defense has managed to, hold some level of consistency, even with a few different bodies coming in there. I mean, all the linebackers have been relatively effective, even though we've seen Rashawn Evans out, we've seen David Long out, we've seen J.M. Brown out at times, but whoever's been available and healthy has played at a pretty high level at that position. So the defense has kind of hummed along. The offense, you cannot say the same, and I throw this out to you guys. When you look at the game on Sunday, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the offensive line has to have their best game of the year. Ryan Tannehill has to be way better than he was on Sunday, but maybe better than he's been all season long. He's going to have to carry this team. But when you talk about the playmakers and where they're going to get a play from, who is that this weekend? I mean, which running back do you trust to carry the ball and consistently gain yards for this team? Which wide receiver right now do you trust to come up with the big third down catch or the red zone conversion that they have to get? I mean... Nick Westbrook Aquinas, probably the guy at the top of my list right now. And if you would have told any Titans fan back in training camp that you'd be banking on him to make the play against the Patriots to help you stay in the game or win the game, they would have really cringed given what they thought they had on this offense.
0: Jimmy. That's that's very fair. And, uh, no, and uh, I think the running back situation, you would love for somebody to establish themselves and be that guy moving forward. But I think the Titans still trying to figure out exactly what they have. We're going to see Deontay Foreman, and I think if the game's going well, he's going to get a lot of carries. Uh, but Dr. Hilliard's going to be in the next year. It's going to be a combination of those two. And then at the receiver position, you're exactly right. I mean, Nick Westbrook-Keene is, is the number one receiver right now. And it's just a matter of who else is going to be out there with them. Uh, you know, we know we're going to see Chester Rogers, you know, that's Fitzpatrick. Patrick. I mean, he makes a touchdown catch and that, but I think that kind of disguises some of the other issues that he had on the day when, you know, Taney Hill takes the heat, but it wasn't all his fault. And some of that's because of some lackadaisical route running. So somebody's going to be added to that mix from the practice squad. Uh, you know, either Hollister, Tate, maybe both, uh, but, and they're going to be expected to play and help the team. And uh, and you know, Titans can't afford to turn the ball over. They're just going to have to try to manage, keep the ball with a, a group of guys that somebody told you they were going to be your starters back at the start of the season. I think you probably wouldn't have liked your chances being eight and three, and in this game,
1: not Joe Rexroad, baby. Nwy yeah. <laughs> wide receiver two. He's going to if he if he wasn't flaking on us to go to Tennessee Vanderbilt. This uh this Saturday, I would make him wear his NWI uh button in the press box because it's you know, they're gonna need it out of somebody. But I wonder I wonder how you guys feel about the notion that they just need to pick one of these running backs and stick with it. Like I know nobody's gonna get Derrick Henry level volume. It's I mean, he's unprecedented in the way that he started this season for I mean, for a reason. It's tough to do with that position, but It just feels like they, I don't know that they outright hurt themselves with as much as going back and forth, and I know Adrian Peterson won't be a part of the conversation this week, having been waived earlier, but I I don't, it just feels like they almost throw themselves out of rhythm when they keep trying to get guys reps after one of them finds their stride. I felt like that with Deontay Foreman not getting carries until late into the second half in this game.
2: Yeah, I I think there is something to that. But we also really haven't seen any of these guys get going at a consistent enough level to necessarily say, okay, that's the guy. Let's start him and give him three or four possessions and see where it gets going. I do think the running game is important this week, though, whether it's by committee or whether they settle on a guy to give them a majority of the carries. We saw them against Houston run the most effectively. We've seen the Titans run since Derrick Henry went down in the first half of the game. They didn't get anything to show for it. They were shut out on the scoreboard, and therefore they essentially had to abandon the run in the second half of that game. They cannot be in that position this Sunday in New England. They need to be as effective as they were in the first half against Houston, and they've got to be in a position in the second half of the game that they can continue to do it. So whether it's Hilliard or whether it's Foreman or whether it's somebody else, they're going to have to stick with the run, and this offensive line is going to have to get that guy enough of a crease that he can get three or four yards of pop and they can stay with this for a full four quarters, because I think you're right. I think they're going to be in the game just like they were last Sunday against Houston, but what they cannot be do is they cannot be chasing the scoreboard and yeah. the running game is incredibly important for that.
1: Yeah. I think it threw Todd Downing awful. I mean, and, and not, I, I don't want to say threw them off, but I think it takes them out of what their game plan is, Jimmy, just like Arizona did when they were beat, when they were getting, now this was this was a different way that they got beat, Arizona beating you with explosive plays and this one just turning into points off of miscues from the quarterback and, and the offense in general. But when the score gets that lopsided, they don't run the ball with the kind of consistency that this team Wants to do it. What's it's what separates them from, I mean, maybe thirty other NFL teams, excluding Baltimore, with the way that they like to focus on running the football.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think the start is 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 obviously the key. I mean, if if you fall behind like you did last week, then you're not going to be able to just continue to run it. And I'm like Steve. I mean, yeah, it would be great if you could have a back emerge and be the primary running back but somebody's got to earn it I mean, somebody yeah. prove it and, and yeah it's tough to do when you're running seven eight times a game uh and that's why this game needs to be close to allow the Titans to continue to hammer away and i think i think if there if it is a close game and th- this is a, a, a game the titans are able to run the football i do think form is the one that emerges with the majority of these carries but uh but if they fall behind i think you're going to see a lot more of hilliard Uh, you're going to be in more of a catch-up mode, and I think that's a doomsday scenario for the Titans.
2: Can I jump in on that comment for a second, too? Because I think there's there's an interesting dynamic here, and I hesitate to criticize Mike Vrabel at all because I think he's handled the injuries with this team and how he's game-planned for him, how he's got guys ready to play. I think he's handled it brilliantly. But I thought Sunday against the Texans, he was trying to straddle a line of dealing with not having – his weapons on the field offensively and maybe thinking, all right, we're not going to score 35 points today with being overly aggressive. If you follow me early on in that game, he's going for it, fourth and two at the 35, he goes for it, fourth and one at the 30. And in all the time, it felt like they, they felt they needed a touchdown on every possession. And when you take the field, that's a great mindset, but at some point you have to know when to fold the cards, so to speak, and line up and take a field goal. And especially when they got down at that game, it felt a little bit to me like they tried to get a 12-0 deficit back in one play at times. And I think that's especially important going to New England. It's okay to be aggressive. You may have to be aggressive, given where you are offensively. Like If you've got fourth and one at the 25-yard line, you may need to go for that because you don't know how many chances you're going to get down there in the red zone in the course of the game. But you got to be careful that you don't do it every time because you never go broke making a profit. And Randy Bullock's been pretty good here. And sometimes three can be good against a team like New England. The other side of that is when Vrabel throws his trust in them and wants to be aggressive, they got to come up with a play. He gave them the trust a few times last week against Houston, and they didn't make any of them against one of the worst teams in the league the players have to be better in that situation as well. But to me, that's going to be an interesting dynamic because it's definitely going to come up Sunday where it's going to be, okay, are you really aggressive here or is this a time to play it a little bit more conservative given the guys who are going to be suited up for the Titans?
1: Well, and if I, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Stephen. maybe I'm reading too much into this. So you can get, you guys can tell me if I'm full of shit or not, but like that, that clip that went out from NFL films this week, Taylor Lewan caught a lot of grief because there's that exchange where Lewan walks up to him and is like, what's the mindset on this drive? And Vrabel just looks at him like he'd look at one of us, like an idiot when we ask a question that he doesn't want to deal with. And he's like, go score, go score is the mindset. And everybody's looking at Lewan like, of course, the mindset is to go score. But I think that kind of contextualizes some of what you're talking about, Steve, in that uh, they, they, they're, Even Mike is used to these games playing out a little differently because he's used to his offense executing at a higher level than they did. And just as, you know, Ryan Tannehill, if he gets behind the sticks in certain situations or he's thrown two interceptions, you start to force a little bit. I think that can happen to anybody. I think that's I think that's completely fair criticism. I don't know about you, Jimmy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, and it, it was kind of good to see that, that we're not the only ones that take those, uh, take those <laughs> responses from the head coach. <laughs> because I think we've all been hit with that before. Uh, you know, this is the type of game that the Titans do need to take the points when they get them. Uh, you know, the Titans, again, and I, I, I feel like they keep repeating this, they've got to get off to a good start. And, and you know, you get field goals on some of these early drives can hang around. Uh, you know, I, I think this is the type of game where the Titans just need to find a way to be in it in the fourth quarter and then try to steal it late. Um, and if that's kicking field goals, you know, early, maybe not being as aggressive as maybe you would be in the past. You don't want to be aggressive, not make a playoff there and give that crowd. It's a tough place to play, give the crowd even more reason to be juiced up. Uh, get to the fourth, try to have a chance to win it. I think that's got to be the plan on Sunday. It's going to be yeah, because I
2: think. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I was just going to – sorry to jump in there, but but I was just going to say if you even go back to Sunday and think about that game, I mean, how different does it look if the Titans get a couple field goals in that first half? you know That doesn't sound like the offense would have taken over or whatever, but if it's just 12-6 to at the half, how different does it feel? Even after the Chester-Rogers-Muff punt to start the second half, you're still down just two scores. But the way it played out where they got absolutely nothing, it meant that they had an enormous – Hole to dig out of in the second half, and that's what they absolutely can't afford to have happen this Sunday because they might get blown out if they find themselves down twelve nothing, or fourteen nothing, or nineteen nothing at the half or early in the third quarter in New England.
1: Ryan Tannehill should never attempt fifty-two passes, and that's exactly what he did yeah. against you. And then there's not a lot of quarterbacks that should attempt fifty-two passes. I mean, that's an outrageous, especially for this team in the way that they like to play. Um, and you can't just pin it all on, you know, whether it was or was not intentional grounding at the end of the first half to kind of set up set up a, a scoring opportunity for the Titans. You you can't put yourself in that position. And I'm almost and I'm almost always somebody who says play the math in those circumstances. But you're right, Steve. I, I, I mean, the math doesn't matter if they if they just aren't making that play in the moment when the coaching staff puts them in the position to do so. I, the, the weather is going to be cold in new England, but it's supposed to be fairly nice for Foxborough this time of year. So maybe you're not having to slug it out the way that you did this past Sunday. Uh, but boys, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what to expect. I know it's probably going to be ugly and we'll be there to talk about it. And I appreciate you taking some time on this Friday. (laughs)
2: It's definitely going to be ugly, Buck. There's no question about it. The question is, can this team win another ugly game? There are ways away from playing pretty football. It may happen again this year, but it's probably not going to be Sunday. And the question is just, can they go up there and figure out a way, as they've done so many times already?
1: Jimmy, I swear to God, when Adrian Peterson bust off that 16-yard run on Sunday, it, it felt almost normal. I don't know. He may have needed a little <laughs> WD-40 to get there. 16 yards, 12 yards. That stadium needed some juice.
0: It did, but I mean, I, but I have to say, I mean, uh, I, I think you saw it. that was encouraging when you saw holes like that opened up. And I do yeah. think it showed you. I mean, I think we all know if that's Derek Henry on on a couple of those runs. Foreman had one, Peterson had one. He's going the distance, and uh, and I think we saw Adrian being good good enough to kind of get through the hole, but just couldn't turn it into an explosive run. And uh, and, and and as far as the you know. Uh, the Titans need this to be an ugly game. I mean, if they're not going to win this one pretty. There's no question about that. We we, we kind of talked about this at the beginning, just the limited weapons that they have, and who qualifies as your biggest weapon. I mean, that, when you're making that argument, that's not that's not a great scenario. But the Titans need to make this an ugly game. Need to make a field goal game. Uh, you know, they're not going to to the scoreboard this weekend. But the defense has got to be better. I mean, he's got to force some turnovers. And uh, it's got to frust- frustrate the Patriots the way the, the Texans frustrated the Titans this
1: past week. Jim Wyatt, TennesseeTitans.com is where you can read him. Of course, you can check out our buddy Steve Lehman on News Channel 5. J- Steve, you going to the game?
2: I am going to the game. And by the way, we need to get props for Jim. I mean, he's at every game.
1: But he has given up the streak this weekend. I know I thought about bringing it up. I didn't know if that was like sensitive topic for you, Jimmy. Do you want to tell the people what the hell we're talking
0: about? Well, I mean, it's it's tough to accept, to be honest with you. I kind of knew when I every time when the schedule comes out in April, May, whenever it is, the first thing I look at is, you know, who's who the Titans playing the weekend of the Vanderbilt-Tennessee game. Because I went to my Vanderbilt, first Vanderbilt-Tennessee game in 1978. My dad took me. And I have been to every Vanderbilt, Tennessee game in Knoxville or Nashville ever since. And I've seen a lot of Vanderbilt losses. And one of the reasons why that streak got as long as it did because Vandy won in 1982, And then they didn't win again into 2005. And I said, you know, there's no way I'm going to miss seeing Vanderbilt beat Tennessee. It took 20, you know, 23 years to make sure. it happen. But then it just discontinued. Just and I didn't want to give up the streak. I got to, uh, I got to Oakland. For a game back in 2013, a night game in Knoxville, I took a flight from Knoxville to Chicago, Chicago to San Francisco. Took the bar to Oakland, walked across the bridge, and what made it in the Oakland Coliseum about 45 minutes before kickoff that year. I, I flew to Chicago day of. I drove to Jacksonville last year after the Vanderbilt Tennessee game. Didn't end till about seven o'clock at night in Nashville, but it was an eight and a half hour drive to Jacksonville. I got to Jacksonville before the sun came up. Woke up the next morning, uh, a couple hours sleep, went to the game. I've driven to Cincinnati, driven to Indianapolis after those games. I've done everything I possibly could to keep that streak alive. But this is kind of the doomsday scenario for me, just being Knoxville, trying to catch a flight to Boston. We all know it's tough to get to Foxborough. You know, a lot of times you can fly to an NFL city, get an Uber, you're at the game in 10, 15 minutes. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's a morning flight on Sunday out of Nashville, but it doesn't get there to close to 11. The game's at 1 o'clock up there. It's, you know, game day traffic trying to get to Foxborough. is a real scenario where I wouldn't make it to the game. And the way the airlines are this year, with uh, we all had flight trouble, get to Jacksonville, flight's canceled. I just think it's too risky. So I am going to see the 43-year streak come to an end uh, this weekend. I've never watched the Vanderbilt-Tennessee game on TV my whole life, so it's going to be weird. But uh, – um it, it's gonna it's gonna end I, I threw out a Hail Mary they had me on the radio the other day i was trying to find a pilot a wife was crazy for me to even accept a potential offer for a pilot i said hey if they've got a hundred flight hours i'm good but uh, <laughs> but, uh and i uh, made themselves available so streak's going to come to an end uh, on saturday unfortunately
2: the right. only good news there Jimmy is you, you saw them break the streak. You've seen a bunch of wins in recent years. Yes.
1: I don't feel very confident that you're going to be missing a win this Saturday. I do agree with that. Yeah. Five of the last 9 though. I mean, they've yes. they've been in it. They're 31 point dogs in your uh, DraftKings sportsbook apps. Uh, if you're uh, if you're betting that game, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to put a little money on Vandy this time to cover. 31's a lot. A lot for a Tennessee a team that just lost tie on Evans, but this we could keep going. And, uh, and these, these gentlemen have things to do on a busy weekend. News channel five is where you watch Steve Lehman, Tennessee and all over the places where you find the great Jim Wyatt of the Tennessee Titans boys. I appreciate the time and safe travels up to the, uh, the blustery Northeast. All right. That's going to do it for us today on this edition of the pod Now, I will not speak to you for a couple of weeks, as a matter of fact. I'm I'm getting ready to head to Egypt on the bye week, and obviously I will be out of the country and unavailable for podcasting or the primetime show or even the radio show. So we're going to have a bunch of different fill-ins on all of these platforms for you. You'll continue to get the content that you love. Uh, And in fact, we're going to give you a little more content before we wrap up. Today with some Music City mailbag questions. You guys have sent them to me in my DMs on the gram. We're going to go through them together about what you're looking for out of this team. And some of you guys have had questions about this stuff for some time. So we'll get to them here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. This Thanksgiving, you got to be thankful for free bets That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day, no-brainer. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100. Except this is the wrong DraftKings thing that I'm supposed to be telling you about. Regardless of the Thanksgiving holiday that has already passed us by, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has the best offers for you using the promo code a2Z Sports. They have great offers like the same game parlay, which allows you to place multiple bets within the same game to try and maximize your value. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code A2Z Sports. You can bet $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets, or you could get involved with their same game parlays. If either team gets involved, Promo code A to Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and you want help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line one 800 889 9789 So let's start with some mailbag questions. Mitch underscore Miller91 on IG. Buck can't understand why we don't keep Foreman in the game more. Maybe I'm wrong, but he clearly looks like our best back when he's in the game. What's your thoughts? So, I mean, that's kind of something Jimmy and and Steve and myself, we talked about earlier, but yeah, I, I I think that's kind of where things are trending. He was efficient against a bad Texans run defense. They were at the time the 31st worst run defense in football. So you want to grade on a curve a little bit, but they can only play the opponent that's in front of them. So from that standpoint, I think you're going to see more Foreman and that they would prefer for Dontrell Hilliard without Jeremy McNichols again on Sunday for the second straight game. They would prefer that Dontrell Hilliard be their third down back in obvious passing downs situation. um For Hell underscore Gato underscore 6.2. All right. How do you feel going into Sunday's game with still no real run game? I guess he's talking about the Patriots. I mean, I don't feel great about <laughs> about the Titans chances in New England, but of course they'll find ways to uh, you know, make it competitive, make it sloppy, but I mean, it, it all depends on how Ryan Tannehill plays, right? Like I'm not going to give you a, a score prediction. I'm not going to tell you, you know, player X needs to have 150 rushing yards for the Titans to be able to win. Mac Jones needs to throw two interceptions, whatever, like all of that would be nice. But it really depends on how Tannehill plays and how Tannehill's protected. They cannot throw the ball 52 times in a game. They simply cannot. That's not a winning recipe for this particular franchise. But it'll be interesting, and I'm getting ready to fly up there tomorrow, as you're, many of you who will be hearing this podcast as I'm in the air on my way to Boston, and then about an li- an hour Lift ride to scenic, not sunny, Foxboro, Massachusetts, where the Patriots do play. The house that Mike Frabel built and Tom Brady. You know, I think that guy had something to do with it. Regardless, it'll be fun. Um, and then the bye week will come and we'll see how healthy this team can get. And I'll come back from Cairo, Egypt, and we'll talk about it all over again. In the meantime, stay safe, stay clean, stay hot because it's cold out in Nashville. We appreciate your guys' support. We're thankful for you. As always, make sure you support the people that make this show free for you, which is, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code a 2 Z Sports and our fine friends at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Julia. Uh, Enjoy what remains of your long weekend. Hopefully you got one, and we'll talk to you in the near future on the 615 Sessions podcast.